The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today... This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. To sum up the malady of our time, I hearken back to the words of a well-known politician in the 1980s who said, notoriously I might add, that there is no such thing as a society. There is only a collection of individuals. If we sit with that for just a few minutes, we realize how morally bankrupt that statement is and how toxic it has been to our body politic that enough people seem to behave as though that were true, that we live in a society that is plagued by loneliness and isolation and, indeed, despair. That sense of being boiled down to individuals, and I would go even further, individual bodies, is one of the great maladies of our age. And as we all know, part of our struggle through the pandemic has been how much the lockdowns and all of the mandates that have kept us home have exacerbated the already present problem. And we wrestle with that for good reason. Our readings this day remind us that the body is greater than our individual fleshy parts. And it goes back to very early places and very early times. We have the recollection of the people of God being gathered together again in Jerusalem after generations of being in exile in Babylon. After having a very visceral, that is a bodily sense of having been dissolved by the quests of much larger forces in the world than their own, having been torn from their homeland, having been scattered, 
having been, you might say, dismembered almost by the politics of their age, and suddenly they are gathered back together around their governor, Nehemiah, and the priest, Ezra, opens the book of the law, which is their heritage, and begins to read it. And the people weep. They weep with grief because they realize how far their patterns of life have departed from the law, and they weep with joy because in the hearing of their ancestral law, they feel themselves being bound together again as a people and being bound to the land again of their ancestors. And they recognize, even if they don't articulate it in as many words, that they are being knit back together again as a body. With many parts, but with one purpose, and that is to serve and praise the God of life. This sense of being one body when we are gathered together, even virtually, is key to understanding our vocation as Christians in this time and in all of the places where we are called to serve. This past Friday, the great spiritual witness and activist Thich Nhat Hanh died. Thich Nhat Hanh for many years had stood as a witness for peace and nonviolence as someone who had been torn away from his homeland of Vietnam for many years as someone who had worked side by side with many, in many different spiritual communities and traditions, to begin to usher in a new world. And the most vivid example of that was his partnership with Martin Luther King, Jr. in cultivating the beloved community. Our own bishop, Bishop Mark, recently published a book about their relationship and the significance of their teachings for their time and for our age. And just this past Friday, literally hours before Thich Nhat Hanh died, I was at a meal with Bishop Mark, and he was talking about Thich Nhat Hanh's vision for the greater body. At one point, Thich Nhat Hanh was asked, what was it like when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated? And Thich Nhat Hanh reflected, of course, on the trauma of the time, but also on the recognition that somehow Martin Luther King Jr. was still with him, assisting him, the great bodhisattva, as they say in Buddhism that there was a body, Thich Nhat Hanh said, that could not be seen. Buddhists teach that part of the illusion we suffer from is that this body is the only body that there is. 
it turns out that Christians argue against that as well. So maybe what we suffer a little bit from is a failure of the imagination. We are more than just this. We are greater than just this. Bishop Mark was reflecting in that conversation how Thich Nhat Hanh understood something about what we call the communion of saints, even through the language of his own tradition. That sense that we are part of a greater body and a greater world that exists outside of time and space. And we need to learn again to allow ourselves to imagine how great that body is. I find it very comforting to imagine that, especially right now as some of our families are grieving great loss and the world continues to toil and roil with the pandemic and the brokenness of our body politic. This sense in which there is a greater communion Think about Church of Our Savior just as an example. We are gathered here today because we recognize that we must be together in this body, as we call it. But if we allow ourselves to imagine all the people who have been here before us, and if we allow ourselves to imagine further all the people who will be here after us, there are tens of thousands of souls with us right now in a very real sense. I used to joke a little bit, their blood is in the woodwork a little bit, right? They are embodied here, even with us as we are gathered. It's a beautiful image of what Thich Nhat Hanh and Martin Luther King Jr. called the beloved community. And it is a beloved community that is not just about people, it is about the natural world as well, as we are all learning the hard way right now. We belong to the wider world of creation, and creation, in a very real sense, belongs to us. And we use that word remembering. It's about putting the body back together. Paul understood this when he was writing to a fractious community, probably smaller than ours, in Corinth in the middle of the first century. The Corinthians were in terrible trouble over any host of things, but at the center of their problem was the fact that they were just a hotbed of dissension. They were always pitted against each other, trying to figure out who was in charge, who wasn't, who was right, who was wrong, who was inside, who was outside, who was greater, who was lesser. And Paul is basically saying to them, cut it out. You belong one to another. And you can't say to each other, you are less than I am, because you are all equally important. He literalizes it to try to get the point across. You know, I can't say to my hand, you are a lesser member. As a pianist, I would never say that, but you get the drift, right? We have to say to our own members, you are a part of me. You belong. To say that to one another in a time when so much of the world is saying, you don't belong, you don't matter, 
or you're wrong. We need to start turning to one another and to our neighbors and say, you are a part of us. We belong to you and you belong to us. That is what we call the beloved community. Or what we articulate in our creed as the communion of saints lived right now. Or as Jesus puts it in his words in the first century, the kingdom of God. The body, as we say, of Christ. This is what I think Jesus is pointing to when he shows up at his hometown synagogue and he unrolls the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he talks about the feeding of the poor and the binding up of those who are ill and the healing, if you like, of the body. And he says this is fulfilled in your hearing Jesus' presence in elevating that is critical to that fulfillment. And he recognizes that in the synagogue of his day, as the people sat around the speaker, he knew and he acknowledged they were being knit together into one body, a body called to serve, to bring that healing to a broken world. inhabit this place of imagination in our tradition. Pause this week and breathe into it. Breathing is good, Thich might say. It's where the deepest parts of our reflection and being begin. And recognize in your imagination that you are part of something so much greater that you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, living and dead. The dead are not so very far away from us. The living, our neighbors, belong to us as we belong to them. And in that recognition, find your calling to meet the needs of the poor, reach out to your neighbors, to find fulfillment in those broken places in your own hearts, and to reach out to those who may be estranged from you. This is the work. This is our calling. This is about being the body of Christ. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 
Search for us online or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon. Uh-huh.